Hello and welcome to Beyond the Headset, the official podcast for Chase Couture's COM3332 Mini Project Number 2. I'm your host, Chase, and today I'm going to be talking to a guest from the Ask You Student Life Center Game Committee about his experience with gaming and what he does here at FSU. Um, you might notice that today the recording quality is a little lower than usual, and that's because I just don't have my normal recording equipment. So uh, just bear with me for this episode. Um, but I guess right now is a better time, uh, is the best time to introduce my guest, Arthur. So say hi. Hi. Hey, guys. Um, so hey, Yes. Uh, you don't want to be, you know, sexist no. uh, this early on <laughs> in the podcast. Um, so, Arthur, um, how long have you been involved? Uh, how long have you been at FSU? How long have you been involved in game committee? Um, and what is game committee? Oh, um, well, I've been in game committee here at FSU for around a year now. Um, we have um, various different events here, and what Game Committee for me was, it was a place where people with similar interests could come together, and uh, we could play games that we liked, express ourselves, talk about the content that we're experiencing, and ultimately we just built a good group of friends, and it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Um, uh, As a disclosure, my biggest involvement here at FSU has been in the Film Committee, which is like a... It's like a sister group to, to game committee, so there's a lot of a lot of crossover within those. And Arthur has kind of been a part of that, which, yeah, is, which is really nice. Um, so, you know, when talking about gamer culture, I, I was thinking of how uh, one of the one of the topics that's suggested in this project is dealing with the relationships formed amongst players, like when they're dealing with games. Um, what have you noticed? Uh, in your experience, what have been like the biggest games that bring people together, and what are the nature of those kind of relationships? Um, I think some of the uh, the games that bring people, the most people that I've noticed together, are actually competitive games. I okay. think people like um, they like training for things and they like showing off their skills and abilities, and it really does bring people together. Even though you would think a competitive game is just making people angry at each other, um, there's a really good uh, atmosphere to it. It's like a, right. it's like a sport. Where um, like th- there's a high amount of sportsmanship, they they respect each other and they admire someone who's better than them, and uh, our biggest events here are usually like a Super Smash Brothers tournament okay. or a Pokemon tournament, and both of those it's just a gathering of people not to do something cooperatively, mm-hmm. um, but more to compete with each other, and it brings people together because they meet people that uh, are better than them and they want to learn from them, or they want to teach new people or they make good friends. Like, I myself, I'm not the best at uh, some of the most competitive games, yeah. but I love going just because of I get to see, part, part of it is I get to see the, the greater players, and I also get to learn from them, and I also get to show off my skills away, in a way, you know, and people like doing that, you know? I, I definitely uh, like what you said with, with a lot of that, because, you know, I play a lot of games, but I recognize I'm not very good at video games, which is like a weird thing, that there's a lot of people who like them but aren't, that aren't yeah. skilled. But there are certain things that I'm better at, like um, Guitar Hero has always been one of my particular strengths, Um, you know, so I'm kind of stuck in 2006 in that regard. Uh, But at the same time, whenever I play with other people or, you know, whenever I go to game committee events, it's always nice to see how it's, there's, there, you know, there's always someone who's a little, you know, who crosses the line a little bit, as is the case. But there is a, a level of respect and, you know this real collaboration that's kind of for the greater good of like this is this is so exciting that we get yeah, the opportunity yeah. to do this and I'm always like that yeah and um I and uh like like I've heard stories about your Mario Kart skills yeah <laughs> so I mean you're not the worst at everything 
game wise, I mean, sure. you know, you're a pretty great person uh, overall. But the um, but yeah, you're only saying that because I asked you to be on the podcast. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. So normally I wouldn't be saying these things about you, but the um, <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, Mario Kart uh, is another game. That's what I was gonna segue sure. into. Um, I've heard that you're very good at the game, and that game um, can be more um, cooperative as well as being competitive because uh, one of the most popular Mario games, Mario Kart games, mm-hmm. is a game called Double Dash where the from two the GameCube. Yeah, right? from the yeah. GameCube. Um, so a while back, but the the goal of in this game is it's a racer like normal, but there's two people on each cart. One person mm-hmm. controls the offensive weapons and the defense and the other person like races the vehicle. And uh, that's that's about it, and it makes the game really different because um, you have to you have to like sync together with your partner. Mm-hmm. So like one person can um, like has to know when to use the items to become more offensive. Uh, he has to know when you need to be defended more, so yeah. he can save up items, you know. And it really is really interesting when you see two people working really really well together, and it's almost like they sync. Like you can't tell that there's two people playing it. You just see one cart going. That's really yeah. interesting. I mean, yeah. yeah, whenever I played it, I, I never really got into the co-op element of it as much just because I had no friends. Uh, no, but uh, that's not true, kind of. Uh, it happens to all of us. That, that's really because that was a question. That was another thing I was thinking. You, know, you brought up the competitive aspect of it, bringing people together, but there's a lot of cooperative stuff as well. Now, there seems to still be a pretty big contention of people who play games at the SLC who do um, PC gaming, like yeah. MMOs, that kind of thing. What have you noticed are like some of the, the trends and differences with those kinds of games? Well, um, I think with uh, PC games, um, the, the most major difference is that you're not being social in a sense where you're with your friends in, in public. And it's not like one is preferred over the other. Right. It's just different. Um, when I see a PC player, he gets more immersed into the game. So um, it, I'm not saying that it's more hardcore or anything, but um, you don't really have that sense of a person right next to you laughing with you or getting heated in the moment with you. Okay. Um, on a PC, there are LAN parties, but even at LAN parties, people are usually wearing headsets, you know, and it's a different atmosphere. The, okay. They get more into the world of the game, and it suspends your disbelief better. But it's also more difficult to bring people into it. So the people that play uh, a PC game cooperatively, or like those massively multiplayer online yeah. games, or like League of Legends, they get into it, but it's not going to be the same atmosphere, at least from what I've noticed, Sure. that you would if you were to see um, people playing like uh, Mario Kart or Halo, you know, in the same sure. room together. Um, there's a different, like, atmosphere entirely, I feel. Okay. Um, and I honestly think that the PC is more immersive, and like the console is something you spend it's more social. It's more social, but it's also more personal because, um, it, like, so the PC is more immersive, but uh, like uh, the local games, I think, are more personal because you're with people you know, you yeah. spend time with, usually. Um, and then a PC, you're usually playing against people you never know. Mm-hmm. So you spend building a short relationship with someone in a computer game. And okay. and yeah. it can grow, and you can continuously talk to them. But usually the people you play a local game with are people you've had a relationship before. You know, you've established a connection. You know, but you also meet new people. Like, I met a lot of people sure. here I was at the think- SLC. It's almost like 
the end-all be-all in PC gaming is the game, whereas with uh, console gaming, the end-all be-all is the relationship with the other person. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree to that entirely. Okay, so. that's, that's yeah. a really interesting way of thinking about it, yeah. absolutely. Um, now, within game committee, because I'm not as certain about this, what have you noticed are like trends with taste? Um, would you say most of the committee is more into like the AAA titles, or is there like a big indie contingent within uh, within the group? Yeah, um, I think we definitely have a uh, a saturation of one thing okay. currently, but there are various people in the committee that like different things. Um, currently, I think the saturation is around Nintendo games, okay. and I think that is mostly. Um, I think it's a good thing, because I personally, those are my favorite games yeah. as well. But um, I feel like the games we like playing are could be related to the people we've looked up to in life, like if our parents have played these games. Mm -hmm. um, I'm noticing, for instance, like my, bro my, my younger brother, he came to a game committee meeting this weekend, and he had no idea what we were talking about, because he never played the Nintendo games that we played, you know? Okay. So it's almost as if we're like the last generation of Nintendo people. Like and and it, it almost seems strange, um, but we we like the older members in our group. Mm -hmm. uh, like we have a member in our, our group called Joe. His name is Joey Molinari, okay, and yeah. he's been in the committee for a very very long time. And uh, but he has a significant influence over the conversation and stuff. And part of it I feel is like uh, like a respect, but he's also been playing a lot of these games for a long time, and he's seen how games have evolved and changed. You know. And he has got very good input, you know, and I feel like a lot of the conversation we center around these classic games. So it might not just be indie specifically, but it might be games from a, a while back. It's not the triple A Things that are not the current blockbusters that are coming out, like, yeah. within the year. Yeah, and um, the way I kind of, uh, in the film committee here, sure. we have the blockbusters, we have classics, we have alternatives. And I kind and of... And Midnight's. And Midnight's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love Midnight's. But um, I've but I kind of noticed that it's almost similar with video games too. Okay. Um, we've got our AAA titles that come out every year, and they're mm -hmm. meant for that quick excitement. They're kind of like your blockbusters. So you've got your Call of Duty games and your new shooters, and there's trailers for them everywhere. Yeah. Your Maddens, you know, people get excited over them for like a short period of time, mm -hmm. and then the conversation kind of ends quickly, you know. But because then, it's almost like an assumption. Well, of yeah. course, yeah, uh, yeah, obviously. And people have fun watching them, and they're like the superhero movies, you know. But but uh, the substance that like makes you talk about it for a while isn't as much there, and um, I feel like the people that are attracted to the blockbuster games, they aren't the kind of people that would end up in a committee to talk about a game, and that's I feel like um, like for video games specifically, uh, like the classics section mm -hmm. is more like the Nintendo, uh, with your like uh, the games that have been going on for a very very long time. Your Legend of Zelda games, your yeah. Mario games, um, and uh, like even uh, I feel like the the new indie genre, which has just emerged these past like five years. Yeah, games like Gone Home yeah. or Stanley Parable. Yeah, I feel like those like are all alternatives. You know, absolutely. You know what I mean? You know, they're amazing singular like storytelling experiences where the story itself takes precedent over the game. Yeah. The game. And it's almost as if they take uh, the things that make them so good that they've taken them from the classics, the classic games, yeah. you know? And we love them. Like, this new game came out called Shovel Knight, and I've been playing it. I've heard about that. So I haven't many members have been yeah. playing it, and it's such a great game, and what it does is... Is it on Steam? I can't yeah, remember. it's on okay. Steam, it's on Wii U and 3DS. Okay. And it might come to other systems. Great. Because it's been a huge success starting Kickstarter... Um, but which is great for the indie games that has helped boost Definitely. it as well. No doubt. But um, Shovel Knight's a game like you have not seen five years ago. Um, 
it's a really, really good, um, it, like, when you think of indie games, they all kind of have, like, this retro-looking style, sure. you know? And part of it is money purposes, because they don't have as much money as these big developers. You can't render, like, insane, you know, yeah. facial So they take and, their budget, and they try to make it artistic, visually appealing to look at, you know? But the thing about Shovel Knight is you might look at it from a distance and think, oh, that's just another indie game. But the thing is, um, when other indie games try to replicate retro games... Um, they do it well, but Shovel Knight doesn't feel like a replication. It feels like it was a game that was made back in the 80s. And, just and, it just, the and they just found it. Like, okay. and, and that's what makes it so good. You know, um, it, It's almost referencing a bunch of these classic games, but at the same time, it, is, um, like, it, it, it feels unique. That's and that's like stuff like that. That's the stuff we talk about in the game committee. You that's know? So, like, I, we have a lot of similar conversations in film committee um, because... One of my favorite kinds of movies are are comedies and 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 uh, comments upon genres yeah. that don't feel like spoofs. Yeah. Like, um, for example, Hot Fuzz is, yeah. a, is a great example of it, where it's a really good comedy and a really good action movie, but it doesn't feel like it has to sacrifice one for the other. Exactly. It still feels like it's within the genre without yeah. without you know and, just being a comedy. And comic. at the same time, it feels new. It doesn't feel like it's just taking from other things. You know, exactly. It doesn't feel like a monta- like a hodgepodge of just other ideas, you yeah, know? and that's what's so great about Shovel Knight, and yeah. like those are the games we primarily talk about in the game committee because I feel like they have the, we want to talk about these games because they're like your classic films that people will never stop talking about, mm-hmm. you know, they're like your Jaws, you know, and those are the games that attract us. We do have members that play uh, the blockbusters, but there are fewer of them, um, and ironically, like. Um, when it comes to like video game sales, the most popular selling system is the PS4, and then the Xbox yeah. One, and the weakest is the Wii U. But in our game committee, it's, we yeah. have one person who has an Xbox One, and one person who has a PS4, and then there's six or seven people that have the Wii U. That's so interesting. You know? And to be fair, like with all the announcements that have been coming out, Wii U sales are going to be yeah, yeah, they're really doing much pick, better. Mario Kart pretty, pretty just quickly. came out, and yeah. Smash Brothers is going to be coming out. Yeah, but at the same time, it is doing weaker. But I also feel like um, Nintendo is the company that uh, brings people together in reality, as silly as that sounds, because you usually think of like um, video games detract people from that. But I think like a Nintendo game is like a social event that brings everyone together. And that's why we want to sit around and talk about it. That's why we want to set up events around it. It's, it's a celebration of what we love. That's you know? so interesting because it's, it's true. Because if you think about Sony and Microsoft, they're these big technology companies where gaming is just one wing of them. Yeah. Nintendo, if you look at it as a company, it's almost like a toy, it's like a, yeah. a toy factory. Yeah. Or they've got so much money in the bank, they don't even need to produce stuff. Yeah, exactly. Just, they made so much from the Wii and the DS. But there, um, ever like uh, there was this other podcast I listened to, yeah. um, and they they would always call Nintendo the crazy toy maker, because what show is that? Um, the show was called uh, Game Scoop. It okay. was on IGN. It was a, it's a really great podcast. Yeah. Um, and they were talking about Nintendo being the uh, crazy toy maker. You know. Okay. And um, like uh, when some people could call what they make gimmicks, uh, they instead uh, like. Other people can view it as like a cool toy, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what makes them fun. You know, uh, when one company is just boosting their specs, Nintendo decides to put motion controls in, and then they follow. You know, and they try. Like uh, Sony tried motion, and Microsoft they tried motion as well, and they both tried it and both failed. They both mm-hmm. pulled from it. Microsoft a little later they tried the Connect. Yeah. It was where you use your body as the controller, and they tried that for the longest time, but that audience was not attracted to it because. 
um, the audience that liked the motion controls and the toys and what some people call gimmicks was already with Nintendo. You know? Sure. Um, the people that want the power and everything, they're your Xbox and PS4 and your PC, you know? Mm -hmm. And they're all competing for this number dominance. Um, when the Nintendo gamers were satisfied with our low specs, but what keeps us coming back is the quality in the games. Because I was thinking, yeah, it's yeah. all about the actual design of gameplay. Exactly. What makes you enjoy a game? What is makes it, you want to play? Is it the graphics, is it the technical specs, or is it the fact of someone designed this to make it interesting to play, to make you want to go to the next level and not stop playing? Exactly, and um, that's what I was saying earlier with the PC gamers. Um, I feel like they like their immersion better. That's why they care so much about graphics, you know? Mm -hmm. That's why they care so much about a world that is almost more believable than ours, you know? Like, sure. they can just lose themselves and put on their headset, they can turn off their lights, you know, and just lose, and they have the greatest time. But when I try to play a game like that, I, I can't get immersed, which is ironic. I have, I have sat down trying to play these big, huge role-playing games, and I love a good amount of role-playing yeah. games, but sometimes it's hard for me to get immersed in these worlds because I feel like I can get immersed in a world through other mediums that do it better, where all they have is the story, like yeah. uh, books, you know what I right. mean? Uh, a book can only entice you with its story, or a movie can entice you with cinematography and its soundtrack, you know, and all this sure. stuff. But a game, I feel th the specific thing that it can do that nothing else can is that it can, um, it can like, it, it, every, you feel like you are more in control of your experience. Individual, Absolutely. You know? I actually thought of something when, on the first episode of this show. I thought of something about childhood and games yeah. um, that is so interesting because I noticed that when I was in elementary school, video games, more so than movies or TV, dominated the conversations that we had yeah. because it's the medium that has the best chance of being experienced in a similar way by multiple people. Yeah. Um, especially when we were younger, how you didn't have... Um, you didn't, you know, you'd have to like record something on the VCR in order yeah. to watch it, or you'd have all the restrictions from parents. Yeah, you yeah. know, you. But with video games, it, it could be collaborative. It could be experience. It's it's a long term commitment. It is, it is. And there's a lot of you it's know. It's not like a movie. You see it, and then you talk about it immediately, and everyone finishes at the same time. You know. But and there's different. And when you're watching something, you can have varying levels of attention. With this, it's like you're so engaged from the minute you turn it on to the minute you. Yeah, move. yeah. And and um, one thing, um, this might be a, like slightly contradictory, but I, no, it's but, fine. Um, I think that um, the one thing that it, it is your personal experience as well. So, um, like every like for instance, you can play a game and I can play a game, and we could both beat it in different ways, different manners. Mm -hmm. You know, we could fail at different points. We could progress quicker. You know, but that's the thing I like about a video game is um, it's it's all about you. Um, it when you're uh, reading a book or you're watching a movie, they're both uh, reading a book, you're the guy turning the page. In a movie, you're sitting there and giving your attention to it. Sure. But with a game, you constantly have to progressively get better with it. Mm -hmm. um, and it depends on the game design. Some you don't. Of course. But yeah. um, it's, it's, it's a learning experience as well. And I think that's also something enticing about it. And we all learn differently, too. Mm -hmm. And we also solve problems differently. And like my favorite games, for instance, and a lot of the members of the game committee are the games where you do have that aha moment, you know? Sure. Um, like, there are these great role-playing games that tell great stories, mm -hmm. but you really don't have that aha moment. It's more like you're watching a movie, you know? Yeah. That you have more influence into, and people love that genre, but, like, when you're playing a game like The Legend of Zelda, and you walk into a room, and you have absolutely no idea what to do, you no. know? And uh, the only way you'll progress is if you figure it out. It's, a, it's actually a puzzle. Exactly. You know, in other being, games, yeah. you're just moving forward and talking to people and then shooting the bad guys, you know? There's nothing that stops you other, other than the difficulty of the bad guys. You there's, know what I mean? 
it's like there there is something to be said for a game that's on rails, but it's it's you're right about having you know the experience being what you make it. it you know, a, a good example are game like shooting games, even when you can only carry two weapons at a time, yep. and figuring out you know yeah, customizing true. your style, exactly. like the Uncharted games. You yeah, know, you you you, that too, yeah. you you tailor it to how you do things, and then, and you will beat it differently than I would. You know, like yeah. I might I might play it slower with a sniper rifle, and you could be like running and gunning. You know what I mean? You could do that. You can <laughs> you know Skyrim. You can uh, customize your your character. To you know, you might be better at archery, or yeah, you might yeah, yeah. be more uh, better with you know the sword or that exactly. kind of thing. There's yeah, a lot yeah. of different ways it, to make it, it, what you make it. Yeah, you make it what you want it to be. Or you can you play know? the Stanley Parable, and you can exactly you can end up in Portal. You know, exactly, and, and the so. game is absolutely stunning. You know, it's it's so ironic and funny, but like that's the thing. I think um, gaming can cater to so many different groups of people. Sure. The same with like other forms of entertainment, but um, that's what I love. Uh, I love video games for that reason because. It is your experience, you know. Um, like I could read The Catcher in the Rye, and you could read The Catcher in the Rye, mm-hmm. but ultimately, well, we might view the same meanings from it. You know what I sure. mean? Because that was the author's intent. Mm-hmm. Um, but like with a video game, you could get different things from it, whether it's sure. the different choices you make in a story, or just the way you overcome a challenge. You know, mm-hmm. and um, I think that's what. Um, and a lot of the older games and these Skyrim and other role-playing sure. games are still doing that, you know? And those aren't the games that come out every year, the Skyrims, yeah. you know? Those take a while to come out with. Um, and one of the most popular games last year was Grand Theft Auto V. And exactly. that game was in development for like five five years, you know? Yeah, you couldn't make it in exactly. any less time. It would be impossible. And so those are like your AAA games, but they take a while to make, you know, too. So that that is something as well, you know? It's Yeah, that's one of my... Uh, you know, another thing that I'm really interested in that's going away to an extent are the auteur-driven yeah. AAA, like Bioshock game. The Bioshock games yeah, are yeah, a definitely. great example of that, that uh, as well. Yep. Um, yeah, I, we're, we're going on a little longer yeah, than I anticipated, which I don't mind at all because I, I thought it was a great conversation. Yeah. Is there anything else? Are there any games this year that you're really excited about or things, oh. trends that you're excited about? Um, I mean, the new systems just came out, sure. which are really nice, and you're starting to see the alliances forming. <laughs> Who likes what, you know? Um, but um, I, I think uh, the games that I'm looking forward to most are the games that I can play with my friends and experience okay. together. Um, because um, when I play a game with my friends, you leave with stories to tell, you know? Yeah. And I think that's the beautiful moment of it, you know? Um, I love going to watch a movie with my friends, but ultimately... It doesn't make a difference how much I like the movie who's with me. You know what I mean? Sure. I might have a good time talking about it with them later, but I could watch a movie in the theater by myself or with eight friends and have the same uh, same enjoyment, personally. That's yeah. me. But uh, the, the games I like are the games that I can share with my friends and are only enhanced experience, I feel. And different people like different things, you know? But I think that's the strong part because you can walk away with stories to tell from your friends of yourselves traversing the world, you know? Yeah. Or conquering monsters and doing fantastical things, you know? And Destiny is a game that I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to that, uh, by yeah, Bungie. I'm really excited about that um, And that's what the game is uh, catering for. It's an online game, mm-hmm. of course, but the uh, but it looks like a world I can explore, share with my friends, have a good time, talk about it. It looks competitive as well. Yeah. So I, I feel like that game has a lot of different great things about it. That caters to gamer culture and strengthens it overall. So, Excellent. Yeah. Arthur, thank you so much. This has been a great conversation. Yeah, definitely. Um, thank you. And We went um, off on like little... Little side tangents, <laughs> but I thought it was engaging. Yeah, that. definitely Absolutely. Was. Um, I don't know. Are you on Twitter? 
Um, I'm on Twitter at Arthur of Hyrule. At Arthur of Hyrule. Yeah. Alright, and as always, I'm at Reverend Jace on Twitter, so if you have any questions or comments about the show, just, uh, just, t- uh, tweet at either of us there. Yeah. Um, again, thank you so much, and I'll talk to you next week.